Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, today's show. So I'm back with Emily Goff, who uh, has been on the podcast previously. And Emily is a relationship coach. And as you know, I do some of that work as well. But this is her primary um, occupation and primarily what she does day in and day out. And so of the two of us, I would say she's the actual relationship (laughs) expert and the one that does this the most. And so today we're going to be talking about an issue that both Emily and I have experienced with um, from different directions. And this is the idea of age gap couples. And so uh, to define very quickly for you what an age gap couple is, in the research it's defined as anyone over 10 years um, your senior. So this could be a guy who's dating a woman uh, 10 years or older typically in the 10 to 20 age range difference, or um, a guy who's dating, or a woman who's dating a guy 10 to 20 years uh, her senior. And this is an interesting um, relationship uh, conundrum, or conundrum's probably the wrong word, but an interesting relationship dynamic because these kind of relationships, these age gap couples are growing And um, there are particular issues and particular strengths. And I'll just kind of get us started by uh, a recent study actually showing that age gap couples are actually happier and have more relationship satisfaction when you look at, uh, and this studies is usually done through surveys where they will survey age gap couples and compare them to um, age appropriate couples or, uh, you know, couples that are closer in age. And they actually show that age gap couples tend to be happier and have more relationship satisfaction. Now, at the same time, they also have an awful lot of stigma around them in terms of what culture still thinks about age gap couples. Very similar to, you know, interracial couples used to be a taboo thing. Now it's not really. And now age gap couples are, you know, sort of seeing that taboo, but it is changing. And just so you can kind of understand how many of these relationships are out there. In the United States, it's about 8% of couples are age gap couples. 7% of those are men being the older of the couple and 1% being women being the older of the two uh, couples. So this is what we are going to be covering today because you and I, Emily, have uh, both experience with this. I tend to have a lot of experience, especially once I turned 40, of dating women much younger than me. 
And you certainly have dated men much older than you, especially recently. So I'll let you kind of launch into this uh, and let you kind of take us through this because it's kind of more your area of expertise. And anywhere you want to get started, what would you say are the big issues around this? Or uh, not so much issues, but things we need to think about. I do think that there's a lot of stigma about it. Um, and what's interesting is that when, when I uh, was in a relationship with somebody much older, my people didn't have an issue with it at all. Um, I think that there may have potentially been some more raised eyebrows on his side about dating someone much younger. And Jade, you can certainly, I'm sure, speak to that and we'll, we'll circle around to that. But one of the things is that I think that there can be a lot of misconception about varied interests. Uh, I think that sometimes it can be looked at as more of a sugar daddy situation when that is not necessarily the case at all. There's nothing wrong with that. If, if both parties are in agreement and that's the arrangement that you've made, great. That was not what I was engaging in uh, in any way. And I think that there's also a lot of questions about, okay, what can happen then as you both continue to get older. Mm. So when, you know, even if there's a, a big age gap right now, then that's obviously gonna continue longer term. And the person who is already older is going to end up being at an age where it could be even more unusual. Let's say, you know, somebody is uh, 65 dating somebody who is, I don't know, 40. That could be a really significant uh, age gap and it already is, but then as that moves forward, as both parties get older, that could potentially change the conversation even more. That said, the other side of that is that when, when one of the parties is so young, like let's say in your 20s, I tend to think that those relationships with someone much, much older may not work quite as well simply because of a lack of life experience at that age. That isn't even necessarily just a maturity conversation because there can be young people who are incredibly mature for their age, but it might be a little bit different when you simply haven't lived as much life and you haven't gone through as much to be able to, you're still bringing a huge amount to the relationship. It's not about that, but it, it shifts the dynamic and there can be a bit of a power dynamic. I think that sometimes, uh, people might assume that, um, the, whoever is older is maybe having more of an influence on the younger person as well. And that's part of the stigma conversation as well. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, well, I think it's an interesting conversation. I, I do think part of the stigma comes from what you mentioned previously, actually. I think a lot of uh, age gap couples, because of the uh, sugar relationships, and that's what they're normally referred to in the research, sugar relationships, tend to get automatically people assume, okay, if there's a big age gap between people, then there must be some kind of monetary thing mm -hmm. going on here. And in case those of you listening don't know what a, what a sugar relationship is, essentially what it is, is it is oftentimes seen as, um, you know, prostitute light in a sense, meaning that the male or the female, the older male or female is essentially paying for sexual favors from a younger male or female. So it has, but the truth is a sugar relationship is not uh, exactly the same thing. A sugar relationship is just essentially saying, look, you have resources and income that I don't have. We both 
want uh, to be sexually involved with each other and there's an exchange that goes on there and um, it, it is an interesting thing because there's varying uh, types of sugar relationships some that are tr strictly transactional and some where there actually is a great deal of affection and perhaps some that even have an awful lot of love in them as well and so we just want to make sure that I think the stigma with this comes with a age gap couple and a sugar relationship are two different things and even a, a prostitution type of relationship is slightly different so we want to keep those things um, clear the other thing I would say here is that from my perspective there is a, you know people often say there is no age when it comes to love mm -hmm. I don't know about that I want to get your take on that because I do think there is a level of maturity like you alluded to, that does have to kind of happen for two people to connect. And of course, um, one of the things that we see is that, you know, I know 80 year olds who are still adolescents in the way they behave and come at life. And I would argue that most people don't ever escape adolescence. And I, as far as my mind is concerned, I remember um, turning 25 years old and at that time beginning to feel like, oh my gosh, we're all the same. Right. Because I started to see that I was just as mature as perhaps or felt that I was just as mature as people in their 60s, 70s or 80s that I was hanging out with. So I've always used 25 as sort of that cutoff there. But now being 47, I look back and I do, you know, anyone kind of below 30 years old for me is kind of a no, no. It would take a pretty, you know, uh, substantial connection to kind of go that young just because of the, the maturity difference, or maybe maturity is the wrong word, just the, the wisdom accrual that happens from um, you know, just the age difference. And I, I wanna get your, your thoughts on that whole idea there for just a second in terms of these different types of relationships and you, know, you alluded to it, but like, can we really be um, that can a 30 year old really be as mature as a 60 year old? Like what's your sort of take on that? I think that both parties can learn and grow from each other a huge amount. Mm -hmm. If it's the right connection and if, if there is maturity on both sides, because mm -hmm. let's also just call this out here. There are 50, 60, 70 year olds who still may behave like adolescents in, uh, in a not good way too. Not in the playful, fun way, but in the way of you're sort of going, are we still in high school? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not what anybody wants. So age is a little bit subjective here as far as I'm concerned, because I have known people who are much older who have less maturity. They might have more life experience, but they actually have less maturity than people who are 20 years younger. Mm -hmm. So that has definitely, I have absolutely seen that happen. Ultimately, I think it comes down to compatibility on a base level, which is what all relationships ultimately come down to. Now, when you're talking about age gap relationships, another big question is huge lifestyle differences, mm -hmm. particularly things that can be deal breakers like having children. Mm -hmm. If someone is much older, they might not want to have children or maybe they've already had children in a previous relationship and they don't want more. Um, maybe there's, maybe they do want children, but there's fertility issues. If they're much older, there can be a wide range of, of potential problems that come up there simply as a result of 
age and personal preference. So those are conversations that I think need to be had very early on if you are both looking for some sort of more serious romantic connection. If you're just having a fling, go do your thing, that's fine. But if you're looking to maintain this as a longer term or even, even the potential for a longer term relationship and connection, those are conversations that you may need to have even earlier than I, I personally would still always recommend having those conversations fairly early anyway, but you might need to really put all your cards out on the table in a confidently detached way, as we spoke about in a previous episode, to gauge where the other party is at. And that's a really important moment to not mold yourself to what the other person wants in order to maintain the connection. Because I think there are a lot of people who might really want the connection so badly that they are willing to put, let's say they really want children. That's something that you need to be clear on. If you are entering a relationship with someone 15, 20, 25 years your senior and you want children and they don't, you need to be very clear on that and, and protect yourself in the, the, the sense that don't, don't engage with someone and almost break your own heart if you're going to go down that road with somebody who is saying to you, I don't want kids, even if you do. That's, and I, I have been in the position, not about kids so much, but just about molding myself to maintain a relationship. I have done that in, in a past relation, one particular relationship in the past, it was a long-term relationship and it does not serve anyone. It's dishonest. It's very dishonest. Yeah, and I think we have to kind of realize that with whether it's an age gap relationship or a, a more traditional, you know, age, uh, you know, um, relationship, I think we we really probably should just cover the basics of what good relationships are and compatibility is because I think, uh, especially with age gap couples, you're gonna you're gonna want to be very clear on what makes relationships work. And so one of the things that um, I oftentimes talk about with people is this idea that what you really want normally is there's certain values that each of us have that are sort of ride or die values, right? They're very, very important to us. Core values that are, um, you know, entrenched. These, these have to do, you know, some of them have to do around religion, morality, political affiliations, um, uh, how we handle money, um, all these kind of things, our, our relationship with generosity or kindness, um, uh, all of these kinds of things. So what I've oftentimes said is that what we really want with people is we want our core values to match up enough, right? Core values are some of those things that really in the end, if you don't have core values that you share enough of those, that is going to create a lot of issues in a relationship. However, people also think that you need to have the same interests and passions. And what I would say is overlapping interests and passions are great, but complete, completely similar uh, passions and interests probably are not the best. It's not a, I don't think it's a deal breaker for relationships, but I think what would be ideal is sharing core values, but having varied interests, some that overlap, and some that you can learn from each other. This, I do think, uh, is where age gap relationships can be really amazing. If you share core values 
and you've developed that level of maturity regardless of what, uh, regardless of what your age is. But um, one of you loves to travel and one of you is a little bit more of a homebody. And um, the homebody gets the traveler to focus a little bit and they do better on their business as a, re as a part of it. And the traveler gets the homebody to kind of go out and challenge themselves a little bit more. These are the best kind of relationships, right? Because we oftentimes talk, you and me, about this idea that relationships shouldn't be about you complete me. They really should be about you grow me. And I do think one place where age gap couples may actually um, work better than similar age couples is these differences. You know, I, I certainly, as I've dated a little bit younger, it has been fun for me to realize, oh, this person is a little bit more adventurous. They want to be a little bit more active. My natural proclivity is to stay home and write or just get into my routine. And it's been incredibly fun to sort of have someone is like, let's go here, let's do that. I want to go here, let's go hiking. And they kind of pull you out of your routine. Likewise, I can also bring some of that structure, work-life balance wisdom, some of the things that I have learned around how to be productive and manage time effectively and you know have you know strong values and not just be all over the place. Those are things that I have brought into relationship. Now, of course, we want to be careful to use our own um, our own relationship experience, but uh, I do think it's important to share that with you. But I think this is uh, also why, in, in the research, they say that you know age gap couples can be a little bit more um, in a position where they feel more relationship satisfaction because of this stuff and so i do think this is where our strength is but i think values uh, that you share interests that are diverse really make for a really nice uh, relationship especially if you've already got past sort of the thing that we haven't really talked about but we're assuming oftentimes you know you you know younger people may not be attracted to older people and what younger people also don't realize is that many older individuals who are a little bit more mature they don't relate to people or are not attracted to people anymore just on physical appearance and so it's really interesting because me being 47 now i'm just not attracted to the hot you know female blonde bimbo model kind of thing you know what i mean and, and what i mean by that is the stereotypical sort of you know um model-esque fitness type you know um uh supermodel or sports illustrated model type i'm just not i'm more into uh the person and so i think all of this um sort of matters uh from that perspective well let's talk a little bit about insecurity in age gap relationships then because i, I and there, there's a lot that i want to cover on what you said because I, I think there's also a lot to be said for the younger person can maybe bring more adventurous spirit or playfulness to a relationship Playfulness is so important in a relationship. Um, the four L's that we're going to cover in another episode, a younger person can bring a couple of those in particular, more like, you know, like lust and, and laughter and, and those types of things that can really ignite a really beautiful sense of passion in a relationship. Now, passion isn't necessarily um, we don't think of passion as being sustainable because we associate it more with the honeymoon phase of a relationship, but there can be a really beautiful sort of meeting in the middle when, a, and somebody who is older maybe brings a deeper sense of purpose. So then you have this beautiful combination of the two that can come together in a really, really amazing way. And when it comes to insecurity, 
in age gap relationships. I think that 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 can potentially, you know, it's interesting because some of the research indicates that there's actually a lot less insecurity in age gap relationships, which I love. I think that's amazing because it's almost like it, it again, with the right person, it can create this really healing, nourishing, um, just really amazing combination and, and bringing together two people to create this beautiful relational entity for each other to grow. I can see where insecurity could be an issue, particularly in my mind for the older person, assuming that the younger person would, would be more interested in other people. I feel, and I have, I've spoken to friends about this as well, female friends who have dated older men as well, that there tends to be more insecurity and tell me if you agree with this or not. Um, for some older men with younger women, because they assume they either want a younger man or they might think that they should have a younger man. Hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, that's interesting. I, I, um, I mean, I think it could go either way based on the individual. Um, I think there are, are places where you could essentially be a little more insecure, but I think there's other areas where you are far more confident. I mean, part of, part of what it is, is hopefully by the time you get into your middle age, forties, fifties, these are usually the people who are dating people in their thirties or twenties. Um, you're pretty solid in who you are, at least if you're a younger person wanting to date one of these people, they better be. Yeah. If, they're, if they're showing up like, you know, uh, your 25-year-old boyfriend or your 25-year-old girlfriend, um, that is a problem. So I would say that um, most of the guys that I know who are my age or younger who date a little younger at times um, tend to be probably more secure in who they are purpose-wise a little bit more secure in they're a lot less needy in terms of attachment style. They're a lot more, um, they're, they're less attached. They kind of get and understand that, um, that a younger woman or a younger guy is going to potentially um, eventually bow out. They themselves oftentimes are, would you know, perhaps prefer ideally someone a little closer in age. But I do think where some of the insecurities come in is around sexuality and around erection and around sustainability or around fitness. It's kind of like this thing, can I keep up, mm. right? I think that's where the insecurities happen. And so there's this dichotomy, I think, um, you know, and I can just speak for myself here. I think there's this dichotomy that happens of like, okay, you know, am I going to be, you know, charging up mountains with this person? You know, what are we going to be doing? You know, are we going to be gallivanting around the world and, you know, these are kind of things where I just go, I'm a little insecure about those kinds of things because they're a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, but when it comes to things like being confident in the bedroom, um, that's and it, that's something where, you know, usually older people have a lot more experience in that realm and kind of get uh, and they've had more sexual um, experience. And so where they where they might lack in terms of sexual vigor they make up for in, ex in sexual experience. And so I do think there's this dual sort of insecurity and confidence um, that happens in this way. And I would also say that most of the time, and of course this is a gross generalization, but when it comes to sexual connections, most of the younger people are gonna learn more sexually, and this is just 
I don't have any research based on this, and this is just my personal opinion, so I could be completely wrong about this. But I would say most younger people are going to learn a whole lot more from an older individual who's had plenty of sexual uh, encounters with different people than um, the other way around. And I do think that's part of the attraction as well, at least for me and some of the younger girls that I have dated, that has been told to me um, explicitly that it's kind of like, well, I've always wondered what that would be like. And um, it's, a, it's a really interesting discussion. I will say this to sum up this sort of insecurity type of issue is that you really do have to get past that because part of the thing is, is like um, when you're, I can speak for me and then I can speak to some of the, the younger guys that I've talked to about this. I don't really have much in the way of talking to women about this except the women I've been involved with. But for me in particular, I don't want to be the sleazy old guy, right? That's part of the dilemma, right? So if a woman who's in her late 20s, early 30s, which seems to be a lot of the women I've dated as of late, I am not going to be the one to be overt in my attraction. In fact, most of the time, I won't really be attracted to them other than friends until I see that there is some flirting going on on their end. And then I begin to look at them more in that romantic way. It's not that I can't see that they're beautiful people physically. It's that I relate to them on a different level now. And I also want to be very careful of not, uh, you know, it's just that's an embarrassment factor. I don't want to be the old sleazy guy who's hitting on uh, younger women. So in that sense, the dynamics do change a little bit. Where if you're a younger woman or a younger guy who's wanting to and has older uh, women or men on your radar, you probably are going to have to be a little bit more overt for many of them for them to go, oh, okay, I haven't considered that. Because believe it or not, as insecure and immature as all of us humans are, I do think when you're 47 and you're looking at someone who's 30 years old, like it or not, you see them as a, you know, somewhat as a kid, at least compared to you. And so you start to kind of be like, you don't consider them right away in a romantic sense. So that is a form of insecurity. And I imagine too, for the younger person, and maybe you could speak to this, for the younger person, maybe it's also a little bit like, okay, well, he's older or she's older. Like, you know, are they going to even be interested in me? So I think that's where a lot of the insecurity can happen as well. You know, it's really interesting because I, you and I have had multiple conversations in the last few weeks about this and, and you think that it's hilarious that, that I think this, you and I are very close at this point. And, but I, I laugh because I'm like, if I didn't know you at all and I just knew you as Jade, Jade on Instagram and you have a huge following, you've been in the business for a long time, you have all kinds of people who know you, all these things. I would look at you and never think of you romantically only because I would assume that you would have no interest in someone my age, someone, you know, it just, it just seems like it, it would be as though you were on a different level and you laugh every time I tell you that you're like, it's hilarious that, that you see me that way. And, and it's not that I do now knowing you, but if I didn't have any personal connection to you, I can easily see how someone would assume that. And from the other side of it, I also, I really appreciate that perspective, um, especially about not wanting to come across as, as you know, the sleazy old guy or something like that, because 
even just that, that level of not only awareness, but also enacting certain rules for yourself around that actually is attractive to someone like me because I don't want the sleazy old guy either. <laughs> or no the one, sleazy guy, period. Right. right. I don't want, I don't want the sleazy guy. So just that level of self-awareness. Um, and then, yeah, it does mean that maybe one party or the other is going to have to step up a little bit more, even if it makes you uncomfortable, if you want to show real interest in someone. But the attraction for me with um, somebody who is older, if it's the right person, this is not a blatant statement, it has to be the, the right person, the right connection, is the maturity. It is the experience, all of those things, because I, on a very personal level, and, and I'm sure there are some people who can relate to this, I have been considered and, and told that I am much more mature than my age since I was a little kid. I, I'm an only child. I grew up around adults, um, almost entirely around adults my whole life. And I just often, when I was much younger, didn't really relate to people my own age. Then, as we all know, men also mature uh, on a slower scale than women. That's just the way it is. And that there is something very appealing to me about someone who is older because it, I actually, with the right person, feel much more met emotionally with somebody who is more mature and often age is associated with that than someone my own age. I'm not, I'm not, I don't rule that out because again, you know, there can be all kinds of people my own age who might be able to meet me where I'm at. Um, and I, I'm very open to that, but there is something very appealing to me about someone older because I, I feel like with the right connection, it can actually be a better fit. Hey, it's Dr. JT here. Just breaking in real quickly. It is time to talk about one of our sponsors, our earliest sponsor, Cured Nutrition. This is a CBD company. Cured Nutrition is another one of those next level human companies that is doing amazing things in the world. Let me tell you a little bit about one of the things I've been doing with CBD here recently. There is some really interesting research showing that chronic cannabis users, these are people who are smoking marijuana, are actually down-regulating the cannabinoid 1 receptor. Well, guess what the cannabinoid 1 receptor is involved in? Well, it's involved in cravings and hunger. And there is some really interesting mouse research that shows mice given products that lower CB1 or being engineered with a lower CB1 activity actually eat less and are not obese as a result of that. And so I have been experimenting using CBD to lower hunger to down-regulate the CB1 receptor just the way chronic cannabis users tend to be very thin. And it has been working very well. Now, of course, the other thing that I use this for and have used it for, for since day one is uh, Cured Nutrition has a product called Zen that is a mix of magnesium and CBD and some other really nice formulations in there that I use to help me sleep. I have notoriously bad sleep. My sleep still is not perfect, but the Cured Nutrition product Zen has made a big difference to helping me sleep better. And that is just huge. Now, of course, they have other products. They also have a product called Rise, which I do not use, but I have used in the past 
It is great for those people who like to have a pick-me-up in the morning to focus better. So Zen and Rise are fantastic, but any of their CBD products used for downregulation of the CB1 receptor to help with hunger and cravings, if you're one of these people who is constantly overeating and on a diet, you find that, hey, when I'm on a diet, I get this crazy sort of hunger and cravings. This may be something you want to check out. So check out CureNutrition.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. I get a kickback to help us have these discussions on the show. It's a great way for me to be able to do this work. So thank you for Cured Nutrition for that. Of course, Cured Nutrition gets the sale, and you get to work with a fantastic company that gets results with their supplements. I hope you will check them out, curednutrition.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. I wanted to take a second to cover one of our sponsors and tell you all about Paleo Valley at paleovalley.com. These are the grass-fed sticks that I tell you all so much about that all of my friends know I have on hand constantly. They are in my car. They are at my house. I keep them at my sister's home and my parents' house. I have these things everywhere because they are the simplest, most convenient whole foods protein supplement you can get, almost like carrying around pure protein, low-carb protein in your pocket. They also, these Paleo Valley beef sticks, are the only, the only 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef sticks on the market. They use organic spices. They are naturally fermented instead of using nitrates and nitrites that can be a problem in some of these cured meats, and they simply taste fantastic. Check out the original or the jalapeno. Those are my favorites. Please make sure you go over to paleovalley.com and visit. When checking out, use the code NEXTLEVEL for a 15% discount. Remember, our sponsors keep the show going by you giving them your patronage and spending your money on these high-quality products you actually do a few things. One, you're helping to support the podcast. And two, you are helping your health. And three, you are making sure that good quality companies like Paleo Valley can be out there doing their business, changing the world, making the earth better. One of the things you may not know about this is that grass-fed organic and grass-finished beef is doing something that is so utterly important for our environment, actually helping to repopulate the topsoil. A lot of people don't know this, but our topsoil is being extremely depleted. And raising animals, especially cattle, the correct way helps to get that topsoil back. This is one of the reasons why I love Paleo Valley, not to mention it tastes fantastic, but they're one of these companies like my other sponsors, Cured Nutrition and Organifi, that are doing the right things by the environment. I really appreciate everything they do, and I hope you will check them out. Thanks so much. Paleovalley.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. And now, back to the show. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about, um, about this. I mean, p- part of the reason Emily and I are doing this anyway, for those of you listening, is, is really because this is an increasing, it's becoming an increasingly prevalent um, relationship style. And I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, uh, I think because you and I have had experience on both of this, you dating older men, me dating younger women, we can help people out with this. And here's what I would say, uh, and maybe you could speak to this with women, but I'll say this for um, younger women who are looking 
uh, or you know, considering older men. Part of what I have told you before, and you've, you've laughed at it because I'm kind of throwing myself under the bus, is I've said that any man who's you know, 45, 50, <laughs> who's single, immediately is a red flag. Yes, let's in, talk about in this. In my mind. Now, I don't mean single like not married. I just mean like not, um, you know, engaged with anyone or is a serious. And here's why. Now, I realize that includes me, right? So I am throwing myself under the bus. But I do think for younger women who are interested in older men, um, I think that's an important thing to just start with, to just be a little bit suspect. And the reason I say that is, is that as people age in general, right, they tend to want to a little bit more stability the older we get. And so they will tend to want to be in relationships. So people who aren't in relationships at that age, there's really three reasons that that might be the case in my mind. Reason one would be they are dysfunctional as hell in relationships and they can't stay in one. Reason two would be they are completely avoidant or still wanting to be 25 and are all about just hooking up with, you know, uh, trophy sexual experiences. We call them as men. It's basically this idea of notches on the belt and just wanting to play the field and never wanting to get, you know, like wanting to stay Peter Pan, basically. And then the third one is and, and most people are that. And then the third one is just someone who goes, I am here on this planet for a very particular reason in a very uh, purposeful way. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing and I know what I want in a romantic partner and I'm willing to wait for it or forego it. Mm -hmm. And that third type is very, not only are they less, uh, I think they're, they're less of the bunch. So they're in the minority, but they're also more difficult to connect with because on some level, romance has ceased to be their primary, um, their primary orientation to life. My, one of my big complaints is that it seems like most people, especially in their 30s and 20s, their primary orientation to life is find a relationship as fast as possible. They're terrified to be alone mm -hmm. in my mind. And um, so I think it's something to keep in mind. You want to look and look closely to see. So how could you tell? Well, a couple of things to see how purpose driven they are. I oftentimes talk about the four jobs, you know, health, uh, health and fitness, uh, finance, personal relationships and personal development. Someone who's doing their four jobs really well. Right. If you can look and see how close are they with their family. Now, if they're living, still living with their mom and they're 45, that's that might be an issue unless they're now taking care of their mom. Mm -hmm. But if their mom's still taking care of them, that's something to look at. But these are really good ways to look at this. Uh, for example, a guy who has plenty of girl buddies, but also has a good core of male friends. That is a really good indication that this person can create and sustain relationships in general, which is a good sign they can create and sustain romantic relationships as well. And you, and you can even look and hear the way people talk about it. a wise person is not going to throw X's under the bus. They're going to speak in terms of, I learned this lesson and I learned that lesson. They're not going to speak in terms of this person was toxic and this person was toxic and this was miserable and that was miserable. They're going to speak in a very wise way and a way of like somebody who has lived life and has learned things. They're going to do their four jobs 
very well. And they're probably going to be pretty damn communicative, probably more than what most people are used to. And they'll probably have also pretty strong boundaries and standards by which they approach life. These are all things that younger people don't typically figure out. Some of them do, but most of them don't. And I would say most humans don't. So even most older adults don't. But I would say these are the things to look for. But then also look for, you know, the guy who's like, you know, just on a dating mission, still at 50 years old. Maybe he's in great shape. Maybe he's hot. Maybe he still, you know, just only relates to his personal appearance. That's a pretty bad sign in my mind. Or someone who's been married four or five times. I do think our history matters, despite the fact that I am somebody who has been married and cheated on my wife and had an affair and been divorced. I think that history matters, and I think that history matters a lot for most people. And anyone who would want to go out with me should be vetting me on that level, period. But these are some of the things I would say you want to begin paying close attention with, especially as it pertains to men. I imagine it's similar to women, but I'd be interested to hear your insight on that as well. I think so too, especially with the, the communication and the boundaries. I don't want a pushover. I can't stress that enough. And there are a lot of, of this, is, this is one of the reasons why I love working with men actually, because there's so many men that come into my sphere, whether on a personal or professional level, who they, they're already really good men and they want to be even better men. They, they want to show up for, for their partner. They want to find a partner. They want to create a beautiful relationship. And a lot of times they will go to such lengths that they end up putting their own needs to one side in order to maintain the relationship. I have done that myself. I have, I have done the same thing and it never serves anyone. It causes resentment. It causes communication issues. It causes you to show up as someone that you are not. And when it comes to, um, to men in particular, they can often just want to be the nice guy. And, uh, it, it just, it's basically going, going along to get along. I've heard multiple people use that exact phrase in referring to how they used to show up in previous relationships and what that taught them and how they show up so differently now. And I have a huge amount of respect for someone that I'm in a relationship with that is clear and firm on their boundaries. There still needs to be compromises. Of course, communication is, is extremely important. Those conversations need to be had, but I love it when I push a boundary and someone is firm on their boundary and, and we all push boundaries. This is what we do as humans. We all will, will push and test the boundaries and we learn things about people, even subconsciously, even if you aren't actually conscious to this happening, if, if we push on boundaries and the other person caves and they just give us what we want, we are then learning that their boundaries aren't real. Mm. That when they tell us something that they're not actually telling us the truth even that it's, it's essentially, there is dishonesty at the core of that. So when I push on a boundary on somebody and they hold firm, I'm like, damn, they mean it. They, they mean what they say. And I deeply appreciate that on, on a core level, like on a cellular level. Mm. And ultimately what I think I, all of this comes down to is relational compatibility in general. Yeah. The compatibility piece is, is what, is what I think we want to thread throughout the entire uh, what this entire episode is built upon is that age can matter. Age doesn't have to matter or, or doesn't actually matter that much if the compatibility 
is or isn't there. The compatibility is the core piece. The age is, is secondary to the overall compatibility and lining up of values and lifestyle. You know, it, if I'm with somebody who has a completely different lifestyle than me, I used to think that that was just growth. I'm like, oh, that's okay. They'll just pull me out of, out of my comfort zone. That, that can be true up to a point. Mm. And then that's almost like an opposites attract conversation. And we could have an entire rabbit hole about that, that, you know, opposites can attract, but some people would argue that that might only work for a certain period of time, depending on how different your, your values or, or lifestyle differences are. I do think that there's a certain level of lifestyles lining up that need to happen in order for long-term compatibility to be viable. Again, you can learn from each other. You can gain new interests from somebody that you didn't have. That's a beautiful thing. That's, that's one of the most beautiful parts about a relationship is learning and growing in new, you, in new ways that you wouldn't on your own. But there are some core pieces. If one of you is like a complete night owl and the other one is uh, an early morning person, are you guys going to miss each other all, all day, every day? And just be like ships passing in the night? That could be cute for the first little while. Five years from now, you might not be saying the same thing if you feel like you're never seeing your partner because you run on completely opposite schedules. Mm. That can work for some people if they, found, if they find workarounds. That's just one example that I'm giving though of, of like a base level lifestyle difference that can present some issues that really have nothing to do with the age. The age to me is secondary to the overall compatibility. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say 100%. And, you know, rarely do I say definitive things. And this doesn't mean <laughs> I'm right by the way, perhaps I'm wrong, but I would say opposites do not attract in any place except magnets. You know what I mean? It's like, that is one of those cliche sayings that I just think, and likewise, and this is probably more important to say, similars don't attract. Yeah, because right? if you're it, too close, you don't learn and grow from each there's, other. There's a gray zone that mm -hmm. is the best. And it, and it starts with all of the same things, right? Like in, in the end, if you're interested in a younger person or an older person of that big of a gap, it still has to be the same kinds of things. There has to be some kind of energetic, and this is where the intangible of love comes in. None of us really know what this is. Science doesn't even know what this is. It's a very intangible thing. I think the point of this is to say, if, you're, if you feel that for somebody, uh, just because they're an older person, does not mean it should be avoided. We humans are get, I think more and more we're starting to understand, we don't have to fall in line with the cultural narrative. We can write our own script. And I think this is what this discussion is all about. But I think all those kind of sayings are like opposites attract and you know, sim, you, you know, you want someone similar to you. And I think these kind of things are silly in a sense because they're, they are stories that we do buy into. I would say that ultimately you want to kind of be in a position when you're looking at who you're going to date, whether they're older or younger or, you know, exactly the same age, you want to go, am I attracted to this person? Do I see myself learning and growing with this person? Can I see myself teaching and educating this person as well? Um, I oftentimes talk about this idea that every lover you have is really simultaneously a lover, a parent, a mentor, comic relief, right? They, they, they serve multiple um, roles in a sense. And the way we attract to them 
is um, kind of a, this beautiful sort of amalgamation of um, chemistry psychologically and physical that we don't completely understand and it's just the way you come together sexually I can say a couple things because I know I'm we did notes for this so I'm looking up here and seeing some you know sort of notes on here especially for men one of the interesting things that men should know about women and it's just one of those things that I think every woman tends to want to tell men and I've had plenty of women educate me plus I've read research and books and done uh, thousands of interviews with women is foreplay is very important for women it is something that women need they're not just straight from hey arousal to you know you see a naked body and you have an erection and then it's just friction to finish kind of thing like it is for men well when you're dealing with an older man foreplay becomes much more important as well and in that sense when you're an older woman let's say you know, not that 35 is old, but let's say a woman who's in her sexual prime right in her mid 30s, you do have to kind of ask, do I want to go younger down to 25, 24, which could be a very athletic, fun sexual experience if that's how you're oriented? Or do I want to go up and be probably more in a very connected, sensual, passionate? Now, this is gross generalizations because there's plenty of men. I know them who are very athletic sexually, even into their 50s. But in general, you need to look at those issues because as men age, there are erection issues. As men age, things are a little bit more slow. And by the way, same for women. As a matter of fact, if you look at, and I know this is weird that I read this kind of research, but if you look at elderly couples and sex, one of the things that happens is in um, retirement communities and things like that, sex is, they are very sexually active. A lot of people don't like to think about this, but sex becomes more oral and more um, using your hands than it is penetrative, penetrative. And part of the reason is, is men have trouble getting erections and women have trouble lubricating. And so penetration becomes less and less of a sexual outlet as people get older. And this is something that you want to be aware of. Like if you're a younger guy getting with an older woman, you may want to get associated and understand lubrication and things like that. If you're a younger woman getting with an older man, you might want to understand that the erection might be less responsive than what you're used to in a younger uh, sort of uh, man. And so these are all the things that you want to begin to just understand. But in the end, when we connect as humans, sexually, romantically, that connection is pretty undeniable. And you really shouldn't ignore it in my mind uh, just because there's a huge um, sort of age gap in my mind. And some of those, you know, I don't know if, if everyone listening has experienced this, but sometimes some of those connections will be rare. Like you can have a, a, a connection with somebody that you've never experienced quite that level of connection with someone before. And it is rare. And there's something incredibly special about that that I, I think it should be explored. And, and to have those types of, of, of conversations with someone. The other thing is about foreplay is that foreplay does not start in the bedroom, especially for women. Because foreplay starts with communication. Foreplay starts with, um, I mean, outside of the bedroom and inside the bedroom. Foreplay starts with um, just little gestures like showing up as an honest, trustworthy human. Foreplay has less to do with the physical act that precedes sex than it does with the rest of your entire day, week, and month leading up to it, basically. 
And I think that if more people understood that, even if more women understood that, women kind of feel that, but I think that some, some women are maybe more aware of it than others, that it's not just about the foreplay taking place in the bedroom for, say, an hour as opposed to five minutes. Sure, that's amazing. That's beautiful, especially if you want like really deep, connected, intimate uh, connection, but it starts prior to that. And again, that has very little to do with age. That's about the connection and about the person and about the, the relationship that the two of you have developed. And what a beautiful way to create something even more special for both of you, especially if you are in a relationship where potentially penetration is uh, maybe an issue for some people. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up here. And why don't you just start with your, you know, since you're you've been dating up a little bit as of late. Um, what, what, uh, tidbits would you give an older man who wanted to date a younger woman? What are some of the major sort of mistakes? And then maybe I can jump in and add, you know, my two cents on younger women dating older men. I think, I don't know about mistakes exactly, but I, I think to show up with confidence, to trust the woman, to know what she wants, um, that if she wants to engage in this relationship, she means it to not be a, I, I have heard of this with, with multiple friends of mine who have, who have dated up. I've, I've seen this happen where there can be a little bit of a martyr situation happen with an older person, particularly, I feel like older men that is sort of like, a I, I know better than you, you should be dating someone younger than me because I don't have as much to offer you. I have seen that happen and I've heard of that happening in multiple situations. And I think that if you're engaged with someone that you think is mature enough to have a relationship with you, you also need to trust their judgment then too, and to trust them to own what is best for them. So if they want to engage with you, then be confident enough to lean into that. If, if that's the right connection and if it's the right person to show up with the, the confident detachment to, um, really explore what the connection is before you start making judgments about what you assume other people will think as well. And if you do decide to pursue that, that relationship longer term, to understand that there will likely be some stigma and make that part of the conversation with your partner about how each of you are going to handle those issues and, and conversations as they come up with maybe close friends or loved ones as well. Yeah. I would say that, you know, just remember this is your life. You get to have whatever life you want and there's no reason to fall into all the cultural norms. There are advantages and extreme disadvantages as it pertains to age gap couples. There are also advantages and disadvantages to dating someone um, your age as well. But I guess the tidbits that I could give to women dating older men is, uh, and, and men you know, who are uh, sort of dating down, I would say that just understand that an older guy, a mature older guy is not going to be probably as overt in his affection for you as a younger guy. They're probably not necessarily going to be hitting on you in the same way. It's going to be a little bit, they're going to need a little bit more help from uh, you. And there's probably going to be a, a friendship um, sort of uh, time there. The other thing that I would say is don't, you know, like part of what happens is usually, you know, an older guy 
it, you know, whoever's older is going to be a little bit more financially secure. Mm -hmm. And I think that we shouldn't let that bother us. There's nothing wrong with allowing, you know, and like I have no issue with the girls that I've dated who are younger, taking care of them, flying them to see me. Uh, it's part of the joy of, of having been successful and being able to enjoy, enjoy that part. So I think it's not, it's not some, I, I always appreciate a woman who wouldn't expect it. But I also wouldn't be afraid of kind of being like, you know, like this is an older guy who's established. Sure. Like, you know, I can you that's one of the advantages of this for a younger woman. And so I also think don't think just because it's the stereotype that women are after money, that someone who's an older guy is going to think that's what you're about. They can sniff that out pretty easily and I do think it's important to enjoy yourself that's part of what an older man is going to want to do anyway I also think be confident in what you bring to the table get that guy or girl out and about introduce them to things that they haven't felt before one of the things that's really interesting is between the ages of 15 and 30 most people are engaged in change and challenge and change and challenge and life is exciting and they're trying new things what happens when you get to 35, 45, 55, 65 is oftentimes you, you settle around a group of things. And one of the most beautiful things is being introduced to new stuff. So if you're into music and your older partner isn't, introduce them to music. If you're into travel and they're a little bit settled now, get them out traveling. Like introduce them to your new music. Introduce them to this is where some of the amazing stuff uh, can happen in relationships. And I do think it's just be a little bit more, um, a little bit ready to be a little bit more, uh, uh, use a little bit more of your voice and be a little bit more comfortable in saying, I want to date you and be a little bit more clear. Don't expect it to be um, exactly the way that it normally is. And then once you get in a relationship in an age gap couple, to me, the most important thing is this. And by the way, this goes with anything in life that you're doing that culture deems as a little bit off. You have to own it. Introduce, if you're, especially if you're in a relationship, introduce your guy or girl as your guy or girl. Own them fully. In fact, instead of trying to hide the age difference, accentuate the age difference. Let people know it is your choice. It is a conscious choice that you love it and it's something that um, you are excited about and see as a conscious choice because when you do that, it's similar to owning the person you're with. So if I'm with a younger woman, I'm not going to hide the fact that she's young. I'm going to own that and celebrate her for her youth and that kind of thing. I think the same thing on the other side. Celebrate the fact that you have chosen the person that you have chosen. This, to me, is relationship uh, sensibility 101. Own the human you are with and all their uh, differences. And that would be sort of where I would... Uh, say you want to kind of focus I'm trying to think if there's anything else can you think of anything else well I'm so glad you brought up the part about owning that too and not trying to like mm. downplay their their age in any direction because yeah that that doesn't feel good to anybody no you want to feel like your partner is proud to be with you and and is excited to sort of show you off a little bit and I don't mean in the oh check out the hot young girl on my arm type of way I mean in the this this beautiful young woman it you know if, if we're talking that direction or this amazing older guy 
and I have a beautiful connection and I'm so excited for you to meet him. I can't wait. Yeah. That, that level of inclusion is just so special and nothing, nothing can replace that and nothing can feel worse than not being owned mm. in a relationship. Yeah. It's basically like saying, you know, I, I would even say, you know, like, I don't know, like my girl, if she's younger than me, she's just my girl. I'm not going to yeah. talk, I'm not even going to refer to her as my young girl in no. my head. It's just, that's just my, my girl. That's you my don't person. need to introduce her as, Hey, mm-hmm. this is my younger girlfriend who mm-hmm. is, is 15 years younger than me. That nor doesn't do you need to talk to about no. <laughs> Yeah. Nor do you need to talk to friends and family about it. It's just like, that's your person. Yes. Own it. And, and I do that think part, that, that I do think the more, by the way, the more you own it, if you get in any of these age gap relationships or you're in one, right? They are growing. Culture mm-hmm. is uh, growing up. We are starting to see that there are many different ways to come at romance. The more you are, you own it and the more you approach it from that perspective of growing, we're not, again, we're not talking about, you know, the kind of, uh, stereotypes that people think about like the young woman who's looking for a guy to pay her way or the guy who's looking for you know a trophy girl on her arm we're talking about mature next level growth oriented relationships own it and when you own it it gives other people permission to show up and go wow that is an option uh, for me and it, it can be beautiful you know one of the things that I think is frustrating I know you do a lot more romance coaching than I do is that People get so stuck in their rut and their love box that they're like, it's got to look this way. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is maybe you're 35 and your perfect person is 55, you know, and you, you just will not, uh, Mm -hmm. entertain that at all because you're too entrenched in your love box. I say, you know, mature and realize that part of maturity is realizing that we all mature at different rates, that connections come in all shapes and sizes and that you can really have incredible romantic relationships by opening up your mind to an older or a younger individual. Yeah, exactly. Stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone and allow yourself to see the human for where they're at as opposed to only judging someone based on physical attributes, age, uh, dollar amount in the bank account, whatever, whatever that is that you maybe base that on typically or what you have always had in the past and therefore you think that that's what you will always want in the future to be a little bit more open-minded yeah thanks for hanging out everybody (laughs) um and we will see you at the next show bye